Welcome back. Well. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Retro Number Pod, a nostalgia and pop culture pod 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 podcast from our past, present, and future. We we got too many P's in our intro. Man, popping those P's already. <laughs> What's up, everyone? My name is Toby, and as always, across this internet web sphere of information, we just cannot contain. I have my co-host Rick with me. How you doing, brother? Good man, I'm like the sidearm of the cowboy. I'm ready to shoot out stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I have to say man. we're starting it um exactly like we normally do. <laughs> just chaos. Yeah, just like, I mean, it's like if our train track had nine different tracks, but our train still only had two tracks. Yeah, what we're like the chaotic called? chaotic good where we like it to be a little like all over the place but we also like to you know obey the rules of the road <laughs> uh yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i just might be following uk's rules of the road or america's yeah. it just kind of depends yeah. on how i feel a lot more roundabouts over there yeah you know <laughs> i love a good roundabout to hate fucking roundabouts <laughs> really <laughs> yeah dude this People is, this is the last not episode we're gonna yeah People okay. do not know how to work them. Maybe maybe in a different country they know how to work them better. I don't know. But personally, with my experience in roundabouts here in America, people are dumb. Like, they are dumb when it comes to, to roundabouts. There are no rules. Yeah. I'm Yes. I I agree with that. People don't quite understand how a roundabout works. Assholes. But, man, I like them. I like not having to four-way stop or, you know... The The biggest problem and the problem I see the most is people want to pay attention to the roundabout and not the car in front of them that is about to join the roundabout. (laughs) And so they see this gap coming in the roundabout and they're like, this guy's going to go because there's a gap. No, he's not. And you're going to slam right into the back of him. It's it's not good. But away from roundabouts, because that's not what we talk about here. But what we do talk about here is ways that Toby wastes his money shopping. Ooh, turn your gain down a little more. Dad, son of a gun. I thought we were safe. Turn your volume up a little. Or actually, you don't have to touch your volume. You turn your gain down. You could touch. My my gain is down. You want me to go a little lower? Nope, 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 nope. It's fine. I just got to turn you up. Man, those kids. Talk for me, butters. They are so loud. Yeah, I I was actually surprised. That was like I thought we had it, and then oh well. Hey, moving on. No, nah, it's do? okay. You know for, that's look, life on the internet. <laughs> yeah, for your for you live listeners, Rick got a new mixer, and oh, we are trying yeah. to dial it in because we're fancy yeah. now. Yeah, I got to get my mic technique better. I'm used to kind of being a slouch and yelling at the mic. Yeah, and now that your gain is even further down, I gotta get to closer. It. Reel it, reel it in. Here your we go. Your soothing radio voice. Okay, back on track because this podcast is a retro nostalgia podcast, and Toby likes. I'm not gonna speak about myself in the third person. 
I like to blow money on my video game collection. And I did, uh, I, well, I got a couple things this week. Uh, and I did a stream this week that I kind of want to talk about. That was very interesting. Um, as you guys know, I've said it a thousand times. I collect video games and stuff. And up until this point, I, I have not had a collection tracker, per se. I kind of just go off of what I remember. I'm surprisingly pretty good when it comes to my memory of not only games that I have, but I could tell you where I got most of them. That being said, I thought it would be cool to do a stream where I kind of go through my collection and catalog it all. So this weekend, I did just that. And I did four systems of mine. I started with NES. I did Super Nintendo, N64, and PlayStation 1. Um, I cataloged 210 games total out of those four systems. When I look at the percentages, they are very sad, though. 12%, 6%, 4%, 4%. So not, <laughs> not a lot in there. Uh, N64, I had 51 NES 55, PS1 64, and Super Nintendo 37. Um, I could be missing some in there, uh, but I don't. I don't know. We're just gonna go off of the numbers that I have. But like I said, total of 210 that I cataloged, uh, with a total estimated collection value of five thousand eighty-six dollars. No. Wow. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was surprised and, and for anyone curious, I'm using game value now. Um, I used this app for a while. I use a different app on my phone now, but there wasn't a way for me to do it through the browser. So this is the one I kind of leaned on and, and what game value now does is they kind of take an average over sales on Amazon, eBay, they pull from price charting. Um, so a lot of the prices are like give and take, you know, it could go either way. They could be a little higher than what it's saying. It could be a little lower, could be spot on. Um, they update pretty well, but again, it's all around about for me. It works because I can take a look at it while I'm out shopping for anything that like, especially for my PS2 collection, which is getting a little bit bigger now. Uh, and it, like I said, it was a reason for me to organize some stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Um, out of those four, N64 with the lowest amount, well, Super Nintendo had lower amount of games, but with 51 games in the N64, almost 2,500. Woo. Yeah. A fifth of that, that is, is Clay Fighters. Is... <laughs> so, man, that game. Yeah, man. It, it's still, you know, surprisingly, PlayStation 1 games are kind of on the come up. So, and I've got a couple bangers on PS1 that are becoming harder to find. But I was not surprised that the N64 stuff, because I've completed some stuff lately uh, that's helped that price value go up with, you know, boxes and whatnot. That being said, I did complete another one this week, and I kind of alluded to it on the end of last week's show. But this mm -hmm. week, and this is another reason for you guys to watch live, because I do show some of this stuff off, uh, and we'll probably eventually show a lot more off of it on stream but the game that i completed last week where i'm trying to figure out ebay pokemon stadium Boom. big box for the n64 um this is the original one uh 
any collector knows that Pokemon Stadium 2 is a much more expensive game, especially complete. I think the box to Pokemon Stadium 2 is worth as much as my Pokemon Stadium complete. Wild. I played a lot of Pokemon Stadium growing up, especially because like the reason that this comes in the big box is because it came with a transfer pack. And the transfer pack plugged into the bottom of your controller like a rumble pack, but it allowed you to put your Pokemon games into it, mm-hmm. which allowed you to upload your Pokemon from like red, blue, and yellow into Pokemon Stadium so you could battle with your actually Pokemon Pokemon that you leveled up. It was a, a, a marvel at the time that they were able to do something like that with a console like the N64. Crazy. Crazy. But yeah, I figured That's we'd great. get into that here real quick before we answer this doozy of a question of the week. Ooh, yeah. Okay, so here we go. Question of the week uh, from the previous week. Which animated sitcom world would you want to live in? Example, The Simpsons, Family Guy, etc., etc. <laughs> so when we say sitcom, I just want to... This wouldn't be like me living in like rugrats land right like it could are you just talking about more like a animated i guess that would work i mean I guess, is that a sitcom is it, rugrats it, a sitcom it's the same sort of thing like it, it, i think it fits in the same thing i don't know what differentiates from um i mean what normally with uh you know the kids stuff you usually get like two mini episodes that makes up a whole episode rather than like the simpsons that is one 22 minute episode right it's, yeah yeah because the records had two. i looked it up man hmm and it all seemed like everything was almost anything you could th- johnny bravo's an animated sitcom if you wanted to get crazy you know courage the cowardly dog was that, one. both so of those are like, not places i want to be so yeah i'm gonna <laughs> especially pick an older courage. one. <laughs> yeah i'm gonna pick an older one and i'm gonna probably pick a newer one oh. older is is Ooh, I, I'm having trouble choosing between like a wild thornberries and a rocket. Oh wow! Um, but I'm probably leaning rocket power. Rocket power. Yeah, a hundred percent. Child, child like me is going rocket power. Uh, Mm -hmm. Adult me is probably going Futurama. Yeah, I think that's like because I it's a little bit of the best of both worlds. You get to like chill yeah. on the beach with rocket power as you're growing up, and then you get frozen for like four thousand years and wake up in the goddamn future. What's funny is that like Fry is a delivery guy, so there's a little special place in my heart with Futurama because you know being a delivery guy, I super relate to like just being yeah. like the everyday <laughs> guy who's like, "Huh, could that happen to me?" Well, I've been into some shady businesses that maybe <laughs> there's a place that we deliver here in Denver on one of the main hospital campuses that is a building that cryogenically freezes things and inside that building we've ran across like straight up heads in jars and that's the start dude like that's nixon they've got nixon in there waiting to rerun for president of the future (laughs) world and his head is in a jar yeah yeah i i like futurama as an adult pick because that definitely fits like that but i was also thinking like um the wonderful world of gumball because that show does something that a lot of shows don't and it mixes 
different animation styles together. They've got computer animation. They've got traditional animation. They've got, um, you know, claymation. Like, they mix it all, and that would be a cool world to live in just because it is so frenetic and all over the place and kind of crazy where you've got, like, you know, living cats and dogs that are sentient and bipedal and then you've got like a ball of yarn or a robot that are all friends or a t-rex or a giant like that would be my go-to as a kid because it is so all over the place but growing up i think the safer bet is like futurama yeah i am gonna be honest with you and tell you that i've never seen whatever you just said it's it's a cartoon network show if i remember right yeah it came out Geez, I want to say 2008, maybe, maybe even later than that. But it came on. Is isn't that like pretty close to um, when Chowder and everything came on? Maybe a little after them. Little, but okay. It's Chowder's definitely in that kind of. Chowder's been around for a long time. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, it's hard not uh, to yeah, say just, something like Adventure Time. You know, I but know I don't you, know, because you almost think of something like a Rick and Morty, too. But like Rick and Morty's world is fucking crazy. And if you're just a bystander yeah. in Rick Sanchez's universe, that's not a world that I want to be a part of. No, because you're dead. He won't think twice about it. No, 100 percent. 100 percent. You want to go something crazy fun like that. But then you're also like, no, it's too chaotic. It's just too like you're too secondary of a character to have a hope of even surviving because the main characters don't even survive. So it's like, uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's not going to a different universe and picking another one of me up to replace me in the yeah. current one. You know, it's just not happening. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's kind of uh, funny the- because like a little bit of foreshad- foreshadowing here is we already kind of live in a animated sitcom universe heck yeah we do yeah don't win down to south park we wanna have ourselves time (laughs) (laughs) i was like wait is that less claypool is that less claypool (laughs) hang on primus (laughs) yeah i didn't know (laughs) you Uh, yeah. yeah so you know Futurama is one of those weird ones but Rocket Power is the real answer and, and Futurama is something that I could definitely do uh, yeah but it seems like the least worrisome it's kind of like an idiocracy of animated television a little bit yes yeah yes yes well you want to break into some of this news here I know I kind of control yes. some of this Ooh. top half Oh, it's all good, man. We got stuff to talk about all the way through. Well, since I'm kind of on a video game news streak today anyway, there's a couple of things that I brought up here that I just wanted to poke at. The first of which being something that is not rumored, but is actually coming out. Uh, and that is the new Pokemon Snap game. They are bringing out a new Pokemon Snap for the Switch. This... um. Yeah, I was literally in a GameStop when that trailer dropped, at least for GameStop, because I was having issues with the controller that they had sold me over Christmas. And I've had to go in there twice now to try to get one that actually stays connected to my system. But the last time I was in, that commercial popped up and we both just stood there and watched it. It was like, yeah, that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. 
Um, this will be a game that I definitely go buy. It comes out April. Oh, I just had it. I just had it. I'm so bad. April 30th of this year. So just in a few months here. Um, it looks like it's going to be a new Pokemon Snap, which is cool. It's not, it's not necessarily a remake of an old one. And if it is, it's going to be a little bit different. I haven't dug that much into it because it was just like, oh, they're coming out with a new Pokemon Snap. Buying that. So. <laughs> no uh, second thought about it. That's just going to be one that gets. Okay. Yeah. April 30th. Awesome. Good to know. Yeah. And I'm going to have to deal with Nintendo here soon anyway. Um, because Daisy back back on my birthday in November uh, when I bought Snowboard Kids 2 for my 31st birthday. My my last two birthdays were the shit. 30th birthday, I built a custom PC. 31st birthday, I bought Snowboard Kids 2 for the N64. That's fantastic. Um, but she bought Animal Crossing. So my Switch has oh. been getting used, um, thankfully, because it hadn't done much previous to that other than playing Switch or uh, Smash and Pokemon. So what we've found out is we are also part of that original... I have an uh, an original pretty much launch edition switch and I'm getting controller drift. So I think I am going to join that clash action lawsuit and I'm going to get my joy cons fixed. Um, Is that where uh, the character will just start staring into space for no reason or moving by themselves? Yeah. For, for the joy con it's that left, it'll go left. Like Mm. the thing, just like if, if she lets go of the controller, her character will just start moving yeah. left. Okay. Um, and Nintendo knows about it. They have a free program where you can send your Joy-Con in. They'll fix it or replace it and send you one back. But it's like a four to six week turnaround. But it is free, you know, and I have a pro controller and everything, so she can still be able to play. Uh, but it just sucks to have to send back a controller that, you yeah. know, literally has less than 200 hours playtime on it. So. I mean, I've got yeah. PS2 controllers that are <laughs> older than that, and they have yeah. no drift, you know? Or the Duke. Yeah. Sorry. God, you could kill someone with that I controller. I just like to really put but, it in yeah. on a stick, and then you've got a Morningstar. <laughs> <laughs> you could put that on the end of this. Yeah, you do have a Morningstar, 100%. You could yeah. put nine of those the on there and just... Cat and nine tails start murking people with those Duke controllers. <laughs> That's the uh, nerd um, uh, apocalypse. You know, if if weapons have to be chosen, that's what you go for. You get a couple of Dukes, strap them to a bat, and nobody's gonna fuck with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you swing those things around your head like a helicopter, and I mean, they're small <laughs> meteors. I mean, those things are picking up gravitational pull as you're swinging them around your face. <laughs> small people are getting pulled in (laughs) yeah so pokemon snap uh i'm excited for that that's that's gonna be a i it's been a minute since i've actually bought a current gen game um so that'll be an interesting play it's been it's been since pokemon came out since i've actually bought a game for my switch that was on release you know even animal Mm. crossing we bought six months seven months after it came out uh, Pokemon I bought at launch, and I will buy Pokemon Snap at launch. But the more exciting rumor floating around, there are a lot of rumors coming out about the Switch, um, about them coming with the Switch Pro model, with them coming out with remakes mm-hmm. of old games, 
one of which that I did not put on this list, but I'm going to say it, is they're looking at remaking Pearl and Diamond, uh, Pokemon Pearl and Diamond right now. Yeah. That's been rumored. But the biggest and best rumor to come out of all these rumors is there is a 2021 release rumor for a remake of Ocarina of Time. One of the greatest games ever made in all of history. Damn. So I had to put this one yeah, on there. It's one of those it's one of those ones that, you know, when I when we were younger we'd mess around with like the originals on NES, but then I just kinda never got into it. And then like Drew got an N sixty four and had that game and I remember dumping hours into that yeah. game. I mean Yeah. It it's such a crazy game to think about when you know, because there were times in that game especially growing up that I was legitimately afraid. Like I remember not knowing the sun song and going out into like the high rail fields and the zombies coming out and me being like, fuck this, like, fuck this. <laughs> and then you learn the sun song and it's just like nighttime. You're like, and the sun comes out and you're like, fuck you zombies. And you're just sprinting around on your fucking horse, you know? Uh, and then like the whole fact that there's like a whole secondary game once you become an adult, you know, like you start this game as a child and then go through a whole transformation where you become a, an adult. So that, that that's got that's got to be the most popular, like out of the whole series, right? Or Karina time, Ocarina? at least in the top two. Yeah, like it's I, like that majority mask are always the two that I always hear. See, about. and I think now it's more Ocarina Breath of the Wild. Um, well, yeah, well, yeah, people are true. saying that but Breath I'm, of the Wild is. And that's one that I still haven't played through yet, sadly. But an Ocarina of Time remake would just be amazing. And one of the things that's leading to this is last year we went through Mario's 35th anniversary. And we got the Mario All-Stars where it came. They did mm -hmm. 64, Sunshine, and what, Galaxy, I think. Um, this year is Zelda's 35th anniversary. so. Oh, hopefully we get what I'd really like to see is Ocarina or or no matter what I want Ocarina. I think it should be Ocarina. I think they should do Majora's Mask and they should put a copy of Link to the Past. It should be Link to the Past for the hmm. SNES and then both of the N64 Zeldas as their 35th anniversary like put out and given with the Super Nintendo Classic, they already put out an HD version of that. So I don't think it would be that hard to yeah. port. But it'd be sweet if sure. we could get like a triple threat like that. Or even just Majora's and Ocarina on a, you know, on a Switch version. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Because you know they're not going to just let it go by. They're going to do something major. I'd the only imagine. other one huh, that I could cool. see them putting on there... Is the two N sixty four ones and Wind Waker, but they did a Wind Waker, and the only reason this would actually work is they did a Wind Waker HD remake for the Wii U, so they could really just port that version because it's already ten eighty acceptable. Ooh, that would be sick, dude! Ocarina, Majora's Mask, cool. Wind Waker in a three pack. Those are three of the some of those are three. Of the top 50 <laughs> best games ever made. Those three games. Yeah. Ugh. That would be. That'd yeah, be that Wind Waker was. That was the cel shaded looking one, right? Yeah. Yeah. They did it with like Toon Link. Yeah. Yeah. 
Very yeah, so cool stuff. I'm excited for that. It, the Switch is on the come up, not necessarily on the come up because it's been blowing up forever. Um, but the stuff that Nintendo's just like, it, it seems like Nintendo's really listening to their fans and capitalizing mm-hmm. on doing like some of these throwback things. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's, um, yeah, Nintendo's good with that though. Nintendo's got a solid community behind them where everything they try, you know, with the Wii or the Wii U or, or the Switch, just, they're always <laughs> doing different stuff just to try it. And their fans are like, sure, we're aboard. We'll come yeah. buy a million units. <laughs> I mean, look, Nintendo is Nintendo. They've put out some of the greatest stories and characters of our generation. And, you know, if I get to keep, I mean, to think that we've had Zelda since before I was born. Like Link and Zelda were yeah. characters since before I was even constructed as a human being. And wow. they're celebrating their 35th anniversary of being a thing. And we're still looking forward to Zelda games. Nintendo's just like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> we're going to, you know, they've came out with a couple of bad ones. Zelda 2 is horrible. Um, that's about it, but I guess. That <laughs> happens to all of them, though, right? Or they're kind of just felt like they've rehashed the same thing. Uh, you know, that where it's just like, okay, we, you kind of know innovation happened. It's just kind of like you just put out the same game as the previous game. But, you know, in general, yeah. Nintendo's pretty solid when it comes to their bigger namesakes. Yeah. Their AAA titles are usually, you know, pretty good. For sure. I'll be excited. Like I said, those ones those ones popped up in the last couple of weeks, and I was just like, I'm going to talk about this. Um, Last thing, and we'll get off of this, and we'll get on to some of the other news. But with all that being said, with all the remake stuff, if there's a game that you could bring back for a remake for anything in the past, um, what do you think you would bring back? Because I kind of thought about this a little earlier, and it's tough because some of the games that I would have brought back have already been brought back. Torok being one of those, those came out, you know, they did Torok runs on the Switch already. Um, But I have another one that I'd want to be brought back today that I think I would still play like crazy. There's two games that immediately come to mind. Uh, Comic Zone on the Genesis, which was a side-scrolling where you basically fight your way through a comic book and you have a little rat as a friend that helps you in different things. That ponytail, though. That ponytail. That ponytail. Super 90s. Oh, goodness. Super 90s look. He's in like a white tee and blue jeans. With a yeah. blonde ponytail. <laughs> Great game, though. One of my favorite games. Yeah, um, I love three, Comic Zone. And then three dirty dwarves on the Sega Saturn. Um, basically, three dwarves going through. There's a football guy. There's a baseball guy. And there's a... Oh, man. What is the last guy? I want to say hockey, if I remember correctly. Um, three maybe dirty just, dwarves. It's 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 buck freaking wild. Like you just, it's just you going through and and fighting a me- mega corporation, and it's, it's the same thing. Uh, side scroller because back in the nineties it was all about that. Um, Came out ninety six. Yeah. No, a bowler who's holding a, f- a football. Oh my know, god! The disc only is ninety dollars. Only, only <laughs> disc only. That is, uh, yeah, dude, Saturn games are crazy expensive. I've never heard of this, but I also never owned a Saturn, and I own a Saturn right now with no Saturn games. Oh, my gosh. Well, there you go. You got one to (laughs) keep an eye out for. 
yeah, that game, that game ruled my. That was another one of those just kind of weird that or Booger Man. I don't know if you yeah, Booger Man was good for the Genesis. It's just like there's some that are just like they stick in your craw because they're so kind of outside the norm and never get a sequel, but you really feel like they should because it's yeah. so weird. <laughs> yeah, and a remake. I would like remakes over sequels most of the time because I can still get the original game with updated graphics. Yeah, and basically, yeah. For me. But- especially growing up playing a lot of sports games, I want a legitimate remake of NFL Blitz. Oh, like yeah, original dude. NFL Blitz. I don't, you know, they came out with the PS2 version with Blitz League. It was horrible. Oh, that horrible. was awful. It was not even hey, you're Blitz. Gonna, you're going to juice a lot, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but if they could come out with that original NFL Blitz or even NFL Blitz 2000 mm-hmm. and current gen with current rosters, where you could play with the Mahomes and you could play with the Brady uh, and still do the suplexes and DDTs and, you know, yeah. everything that came along with the original Blitz. <laughs> I think that would be me is yeah. I, I want, I want that. That's a good call. <laughs> I kind of wish that would have taken off for them the same way Madden has, where every year you get a new, you know, new uh, game. It's just new players and, or, teams have switched or different colors whatever it may be but nfl blitz was like i'm not one for for sports games so that was one that we could go back to all the time just because it was so over the top yeah. and it was quick <laughs> like there wasn't you yeah. know it wasn't a sit around and try to strategize it was like i'm gonna hold my character full sprint on the line of scrimmage until you hike this ball and then you better yeah. be able to throw that ball before i dive yeah. 30 yards at you that was that game gosh that game was over the top they need to remake that one that one yeah i think it would be good i like those arcade football games yeah (laughs) 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 just picking them up and power bombing them Uh, no rough the quarterback there (laughs) yeah well Speaking of hard hits, um, WB has kind of shot themselves in the foot with uh, Christopher Nolan and their recent uh, choice to go both uh, HBO Max and theater releases. Um, Since they released that, Christopher Nolan has said that most likely he won't work with Warner Brothers again because he doesn't think that's the way to do movies, that everything should be released in theaters. I mean, Ten- Tenant did well, but it's only because it was like the only big budget movie that was out in theaters for those who wanted to go out and see it. Um, yeah, pretty wild. This is kind of crazy, though, right? Like, he just yeah. kind of came in and was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm I'm straight. It- and it's crazy because Nolan has basically worked with Warner Brothers for his the entirety of his career since Memento. So you're talking about 20 years Goodness worth of gracious, like like just working with each other's and Nolan's one of those guys who, you know, you look at his, his filmography and it's so good that even his lesser reviewed films are still really well done, or at least have a perspective that are like, Oh, that's an interesting take or thought. Memento was crazy. Memento was crazy. So let me ask you this because you're more of a movie goer than I am. How do you feel about this entire situation with them releasing, you know, stuff to HBO and theaters? 
are you still going to go to the theaters or is it going to be better for you to be able to just stream it from home? Well, for me personally, I've always, I've loved the theater because it's the one place I can go and it makes it forces me to shut down my phone and being that huge screen and the sound system and, and the popcorn and everything else is such an experience still that that's the draw for me, especially for big things like the Avengers or the upcoming Godzilla versus King Kong. I couldn't imagine. I mean, yeah, we could see it at home, but you, I feel like we're just missing so much because we we're, we're not having to like look side to side to see, you know, what's going on and the yeah. sounds not rumbling our chairs. And stuff. So for me, I'll still go to the theater. I mean, we still ha- we've gone to the theater a few yeah. times during this. <laughs> I mean, I've flown so during all like, this. So, yeah, so it's like it will take a chance. But yeah. And for me, I think like, it's a good choice. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say for me, I I'm not a big theater goer. But even for the fact that I don't go to the theater, if I'm going to spend that type of money, I would rather go see it at the theater, because like you said, it's more of an experience than it is you just sitting at home and playing on your phone or looking through your tablet and being like, well, okay, you know, there's a movie on, it's a new movie, but it's a movie. on. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I want to do this. Whereas I'll hold a piss for two hours in a movie theater. So I don't have to get up. You know, I'll go take a shit in the middle of a DC movie. If I'm watching it at home. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You'll just be like, I could pause this and go take care of business. And next thing you know, you're running errands and then you're like, Oh yeah, that's right. We started a movie, didn't we? Oh, okay, yeah. we should get back to it. And then you're kind of not as invested. Whereas when you're in a theater, you're just you're there. You're, you know, you paid the money to be there and for the snacks. You know, whether you bought them, you know, at the concessions or brought them in in your pockets, whatever. You're still there for the like. We're here for this. Yeah. But for those who who don't like going to the theater and and have maybe a decent setup at home more power to you like yeah. i think it's a good call especially in this pandemic for those who don't want to risk it or, or can't it, it i'm kind of curious on on what kind of effect this has on straight to streaming video yeah you know it, it, i'm curious if if nolan backing out will give everyone else the you know what like i agree with this guy i think we should release it in theaters we understand that the time is not now to do that but to just say from now on we're gonna release straight to streaming as well as theaters you know i remember when that was a bad thing when stuff was going straight to dvd or straight to vhs that was just bad for sure i think it's really and it's also about the amount of clout you have like something like dune that's coming out is one that's like well that's a movie that's gonna make money you know whereas something smaller like once upon a time in miami which is a smaller, more intimate, independent film. Maybe it doesn't need the the theatrical release because you don't necessarily need to see it in the theater because you can still get the story and and the characters and everything. Unlike Dune, that's such a spectacle that it's like, no, this needs to be released this way because IMAX. You know, not everybody yeah. has an IMAX at their homes. You know, so I don't know. It's all perspective. It's all you know, down to the individual and what they feel comfortable no. with. Yeah, so. Just an interesting bit of information that I thought was kind of kind of interesting. Yeah, we're going to have to keep track of that. For sure. Um, But moving right along, um, Dungeons and Dragons and Hollywood, the tumultuous (laughs) up and down relationship of the two. Um, 
there was a film that came back in the early 2000s. You might remember it, the Dungeons yeah, and Dragons movie that was so kind of all over the place. Didn't really quite know what it wanted to do with itself. No, it was like a Rain of and Fire just, remake in a weird way. Kind of, yeah. I mean, yeah, it just dropped the ball so hard. Yeah, not for good. something that's like been a part of my life for so long that it's like you've got to get this right and you know they had the cartoon back in the 80s which is phenomenal i mean great little animated series that came out forever ago but for them to do a movie you're like yes and then they dropped it but that being said it looks like they've um pinned the john wick writer uh, the writer of the john wick uh, uh films to do a tv series Ooh, yeah. Which... this is getting exciting, especially look, I never want to be thankful for a pandemic, but if there's one thing that's came out of the pandemic, a lot of this old stuff is getting like regenerated, especially with, you know, people our age that have been sitting at home and it's like nostalgia means something, you know, we get in the Lord of the Rings that we talked about last week and we've mm-hmm. said a couple times on this show, I love high fantasy. Any way you can give it to me. Animated, live action, CGI, I do not care. Give me wizards. Give me elves. Give me fucking spells and dragons. I almost broke out into a rap right there. Give me wizards. <laughs> give me spells. Give me hobbits and dragons. No. Um, no, this is exciting, especially with the release of the new Boulder's Gate is going to be coming out soon. I know that they're in early access right now. Uh, but Boulder's Gate is kind of a D&D based system. They run kind of a 5e system in an action RPG style. So it would not surprise me to see this kind of come out alongside that. And again, if they can do it right, especially in a television series with the success of Game of Thrones and a couple of these other fantasy shows that have came out as of late, if they can do it right, you know, Dungeons and Dragons may be bigger than it has already gotten, you know, and the pandemics really helped D&D tenfold. They could have never thought a pen and paper fantasy game was going to come back the way that it has over the last year. It's a great time for it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially this last year, everybody's starting their own home games and, and everything else. And, you know, some of the other bigger names like critical role and, and the adventure zone doing killer stuff for podcasting and, and video stuff. They're already showing like people want this stuff. And I think the key is just to be like our story. This is the character. They live in the world of Dungeons and Dragons. But the thing about Dungeons and Dragons is that it's, it depends on who's DMing, DMing it and who's playing in it. It's like, so it's going to be a different experience. So everybody kind of already has like, this is what I think it should be in my mind. So yeah. they really just have to be like, this is it. We're setting up the story, the plot, the the world that, and just keep it that. Don't try to like pull from stuff from years ago and newer stuff. Just like make it your own contained things. Have the elves, have the This the is orcs. what you do. You ready? My yeah. D&D pitch. You get yeah. Matt Mercer to narrate 100%. <laughs> Um, for those of you guys that don't know, Matt Mercer is the DM for uh, Critical Role. One of the most amazing voice actors ever to grace our planet, let alone how great he is as a dungeon master. You get him to narrate it, and you set it up like that Black Mirror show, Bandersnatch, 
where you allow the audience to choose some of the actions that the characters go through. So not only is it an interactive D&D experience, but you have an experienced D&D player narrating your choices throughout this animated show or live action show. Ooh, bro. Boy, that would be wild. Holy crap. The amount of, holy moly. Like (laughs) the amount of stuff you'd have to be like, well, if they choose to go this path, then we're going to have this whole branch. And then that just, I like that idea a lot because it does cater to the, the whimsy of the viewer. Yeah. The same as when you're sitting down at a table, it's like, well, you told us about this thing and, you know, being the DM, you're like, no, 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 that thing was just nothing that don't focus on that. I want you to focus on the orc running away with the head. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, and you wouldn't have to do a lot of stuff like, you know, a couple choices through each episode would be enough to make me happy. You know, even if it's something as simple as like, does the adventurers take a left or right at this fork? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. Yeah. And these assholes are going to go left. (laughs) <laughs> and, and then they're you eaten by the a dragon guy. yeah no you're absolutely right. i think that that is actually a really cool idea for a way to make it feel like you're sitting at a tabletop helping making decisions for this adventuring party while telling a, a story that hopefully doesn't fall to pieces because you just took a left when you should have taken the right and oh, oop, there's a dragon <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's a good old choose your own adventure book exactly which yeah i'll be curious who- on this because i'd love to see something good um especially even deeper into high fantasy than lord of the rings yeah absolutely that's a good call i really like that idea so hasbro or wizards of the coast if you're listening pow, pow, there you I go gave you one. <laughs> <laughs> uh on to other gaming news though uh one of our favorite uh folks who create uh arcade miniature arcade cabinets uh arcade one up uh, announced yes. that they're doing dragon's lair and an x-men live um yes uh, cabinets did you ever mess around with uh, uh dragon's lair it never messed around with dragon's lair um it was a little bit before my time especially yeah. on a stand-up arcade machine yeah. but i know of it and i've seen gameplay of it but i've never personally played it myself yeah i think i remember playing it a little bit in the arcades but never messing around with it too much because it's very much a you know you have to know kind of the timing of everything well when do i hit this when do i hit this so i never messed with it too much but whoo that was my game back in the day (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it looks like they're coming out that cabinet is going to be dragon's lair dragon's lair 2 and space age um they're going to be in the original 4-3 aspect ratio it will retain the exact form and size of the original arcade cabinet that's kind of cool because that's new that's something that like arcade one-up doesn't normally do yeah so that's actually sick because it has kind of like this not concave what's the opposite of concave convex convex thank you has like a convex marquee Oh, that's cool, man. That's I, okay. I get behind that. I won't so they, buy it, but you know, the- it, this is actually real cool. Cause they CES, this w- was this past week, the consumer entertainment show, consumer expo show, consumer something. Um, arcade one up being there. I think we've talked about it on a previous show, but they arcade one up has released their, uh, board game table. 
VHM. It's like a virtual board game table. Oh. It's got Scrabble and Monopoly and stuff on it. So they're oh, actually yeah. coming out with a lot of awesome, 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 awesome things. Um, they're also coming out with the X-Men Live. So X-Men Live is the four-person X-Men arcade game. Uh, live, uh, I imagine meaning that they're making a Wi-Fi compatible, kind of like the NBA Jam machines and stuff, where you can actually play yeah. with people over a network, which would be sick because you want to play four-player X-Men and don't have four people to come over. You can join their online matchmaking service and still play through the campaign with the full party without actually having to sit beside people doing so. That's sick. Yeah. That's the way to do it because those games were so huge. Like the X-Men one, boy, they had all those characters and, you know, you'd have to stand either at, all the way at the side if you want to play Dazzler or all the way at the other side if you want to be Nightcrawler. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> Nightcrawler in those old games were so sick. Fucking tore it up, man. Like, he'd hit everybody, not just who's in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do, if you don't mind, I just want to go through a couple other things that they're bringing out. Now that I'm actually yeah, reading John, deep it. into this article, <laughs> I look, I'm looking for a new place to live this year, and hopefully that's going to come with more space. Something that Daisy and I have already talked about is I'm getting an arcade machine, whether it be one of these one up machines or an original stand up arcade. And she's already given me the go ahead to get a pinball machine. So we're going to be talking about this a lot, but the arcade one up stuff is a real good entryway to get into these things. So the X-Men live cabinet is also going to include uh, Captain America, the Avengers, and the Avengers and Galactic Storm. Um, all these games will include online America? features. They're also coming out with a Killer Instinct cabinet, which fighting games on actual cabinets is much better than fighting games on controllers. Uh, the Killer Instinct yes. cabinet is Killer Instinct, Killer Instinct 2, Battletoads and Battletoads Double Dragon, which is kind of a random throw. Hell yeah. That's going to be cool. Battletoads was shit. I wonder <laughs> if they'll be able to speed run it the same way. That'd be sick. I bet. Yeah. Oh, um, cool. They're also coming out with these pub edition tables, which will be four player stand ups. I imagine that they're going to be like the cocktail tables, but taller mm-hmm. would be my guess. Yeah. Um, and they're coming out with three different versions of this, which is actually crazy. An Atari Legacy, Bandai Legacy, and the Capcom Legacy. And just to name a few in here, Atari has stuff like Centipede, Asteroids, Gravitar, Tempest, Space Duel. Bandai's got Pac-Man's, Galaxian, Galaga, Dig Dug, Rompers. Capcom. The Capcom one is actually oh, nuts, dude. I'm just going to name one. All these Capcom ones. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve games on here. Street Fighter, Street Fighter 2 World Warrior, Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Super Street Fighter 2, the new challengers, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. It is also coming with Darkstalkers, Strider, Commando, Final Fight, Ghost and Goblins, and 1944. Ooh, Holy good. shit. Yeah. That's a lineup for an arcade machine right there. I am not mad at that Dude. coming out. For the Dark Stalkers alone, I would yeah. buy that. Just that was that's my favorite fighting game outside of Soul Calibur. Like no weapons. <laughs> Random We're choices, going Dark Stalkers. Okay. Dark Stalkers. 
that's 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 just the way it is. <laughs> I, I can't hate on it. It's just random. Yeah, that's exciting. That's real exciting. Oh, so good. So dang good. <laughs> I'm excited for it, man. Those are all very tempting. If I had room for it, that would definitely be the play to buy a God, couple yeah. of those. I plan on getting a couple. I want the Big Buck Hunter machine. I want the NBA Jam machine. Um, The X-Men machine would be sick. But I don't feel like we're that far away from getting a Simpsons one. Oh, for sure. A four-player Simpsons arcade one-up. Yeah. I'd like to have that. Or a Blitz. I, it, it would not surprise me if they come out with a Blitz one. That one may be the one to wait Possibilities for. Possibilities are, yeah. Possibilities are, in the, or the SNK uh, stuff that they used to do back in the day with like Metal Slug and uh, sa- sa- what is that? Samurai Showdown. Samurai Showdown. Yep. Those That'd be, be sick too. Killer ones too. Metal Slug would be fun. Metal Slug. God, love that game. <laughs> love it. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Anytime uh, I can get a arcade machines for cheap. I'm good with that. So, uh, we talked a little about D&D. Well, let's talk about the thing that kind of inspired D&D a little bit. Lord of the Rings. And okay. one character in particular, Gimli, son of Gloin. Remember him? He was the yes, guy who liked to had fun uh, picking on Legolas. And, oh, that's two for me. And then, you know, Legolas is like, that's 80 for me, Slowpoke. But. Somebody had the great idea to take this guy and basically create a metal band around him. Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> um, yeah, basic. I mean, that's kind of the premise of it all, too. It's super basic, like, eh, you know. So <laughs> some of the song titles are like, once more, jubilation shall ring through the halls of Durin's folk. <laughs> and my body is ill-suited for the this pursuit across the plains of the horse lords <laughs> and they use samples from Gimli's voice and I haven't I didn't have time to listen to it and I really wanted to I only found out about it yesterday I'm going to listen to it this week I might have to report back maybe <laughs> but it's okay. definitely like so good it has me excited I'm going to press play on this you're not going to be able to hear this but the audience will be so give me one second pretend like I'm listening to it Okay, not mad at that. Not mad at that. How can you be? Like, you know, Christopher Lee kind of opened up the doors. Um, he's the guy who played uh, Sormon. Sormon, yep. Uh, he was a guy who recorded metal albums. There, he has a couple. Because huh. he's a trained um, opera singer. Okay. That dude's, that dude's life is like next level crazy. Uh, but yeah, he recorded a few metal albums. So it's like, naturally, if Saruman's going to do it, who's the next best metal dude? Gimli, son yeah. of war. <laughs> that's yeah. that's actually pretty cool. I'm not mad at those. That'd be a cool album to have like on vinyl. Gimli's metal band. What the fuck is this? Oh, Yeah, none of the songs are too long. Uh the longest song that I see on here is t- <laughs> two, two minutes and seven two. seconds. <laughs> Nary a man nor beast shall outsmart me. <laughs> Love it. 
That's great. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you've got, you know, uh, 10 minutes to spare, you can listen to a whole album of uh, Gimli, Son of <laughs> Glorn. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, uh, moving on to some uh, wild fashion news because you know Toby and I are you know models by trade yep and we're known for modeling the latest and greatest of uh, podcastery gear (laughs) podcastery gear so two worlds decided to meet as one the world of comfort with crocs the wheel the world of foot transportation with heelys they've come together to oh create croc heelys croc heelys croc heelys or creelys these or... are disgusting <laughs> what makes it even worse is we're one justin bieber or kanye west wearing these out in public from having everyone rolling around in Crocs and Heelys. So I got Crocs when I was like 17, 19, and I wore the fuck out of those things. And at though and at that time, people were like, this these are disgusting. You know, like people hated Crocs even back then. And it's just it's blowing my mind that first of all Crocs are making a comeback right now. Like now they're cool. Or something like I bitch, I was yeah. wearing these ten years ago and get made fun of. Yeah. Yeah. Like I bought them because I might have I might have had to eat them at one point, and that was the rumor going around. That so was, you could you could boil and eat them, but now we're putting wheels on the bottom of them, and now they're gonna come Which, back and be cool. If Kylie Jenner at, wears a pair of these, they're gonna sell out. It's it's silly because you look at it and it really is just a croc with a heely wheel on the on the heel, it can't and it's like if you've ever worn Crocs. You know that they're not meant to be secure on your foot. No. And the one thing I'd imagine you want if you're going to go at a, a pace faster, faster than a walk is your shoe's going to stay on your foot. I don't think this is a good idea. <laughs> no, but imagine being able to kick that weighted thing off if someone was coming at you. You could launch that croc like a yeah. missile. That's true. Or take off like a missile and hope your strap doesn't break. Yeah, no shit. Croc Healy. Hey, that's just... Mm, I want to see the Florida man does 72 <laughs> miles an hour down a hill in his Croc Healy's and decapitates both of his legs. <laughs> he, he, yeah, or some disgruntled ex is holding onto an ex's back car, and luckily they had their Croc Healy's on where they're just holding on and they're healing down the highway like, help me! Fucking skitching on their Healy's. <laughs> And they're open-toed croc heelys. <laughs> Florida man. That's how it's going to start, 100%. Florida man. Always. Yesterday, a Florida man decided to take eight grams of PCP and skate down the 405 on his heelys. Crack is a hell of a drug. Oof. I want to know what it feels like, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, it's like curiosity but not enough to really want to go out there and like i mean hell heelys by themselves seem like a sketchy proposition for a 38 year old man let alone croc heelys which crocs are like all right that might be just good for comfort but no no <laughs> just no. So much, no first of all i don't want to walk around on ice all day i just i don't so putting something slippery wheels 
on the bottom of my already non-tractiony shoes just doesn't sound like the best Ooh. idea. You know? Woof. I just <laughs> no. I'm good. You couldn't wear those in the wintertime, dude. Like, unless you're gonna put like little thumbtacks on them. <laughs> so you have like studded Healy wheels on the bottom of your Crocs, <laughs> wool socks rolled up to your fucking knees. That's right. <laughs> That's the fashion statement right there, right? Like the socks worn all the way up to your knees and Crocs. Yeah, yeah. That's gross. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, moving on. So oh, no. this week, our little bit of nostalgia is kind of crazy this one was a bit of a like on the surface level it's like oh it's south park everybody knows this you know it's pretty straightforward but then starting to dig into it just a little bit holy moly south park is deep man it's been around forever (laughs) yeah it um what is the running year now 18 20 uh 24 24 years What's cool is those yeah. guys came out of Colorado. Straight they up. Went up to school and see you Boulder, Trey Parker and Matt Stone Bolt. Yeah. So a, uh, let's see. Original air date, uh, August 13th, 1997. Jesus Christ. You were a wee babe. I was eight years old. I wasn't even allowed to look at South Park at that time. Yeah. I could only imagine. South what Park that was taught like me years. about East Colfax. Before I moved to Colorado, like <laughs> legitimately, like we had heard rumors about what Colfax was. And I currently live off of East Colfax and learned what East Colfax was because of what I learned from South Park and how they spoke about Colfax. It's all true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Much as they try to gentrify it and make it cleaned up and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's just cool. So what we're trying to do here, because we are not going to get into all of South Park. There's just no way, you know, and we've already done enough of this recording to tell you that it is not going to (laughs) happen. So what I would like to do is Rick and I are going to kind of go over our top three um, episodes. And I'm going to go ahead and, and put this out there. And I'm sure you kind of feel the same way are no in no way are these concrete top episodes yeah there is stuff that i'm forgetting um and i already know of one that i kind of wanted to put on there but didn't um butter's bottom bitch that's (laughs) one of the best ones but it did not make my top three today um last week i had gotten and completed my south park for my n64 so this kind of what put us on this subject but we are going to touch a little bit on the show and a little bit on the games because Rick and I both have been playing two different versions of South Park games. So it'd be interesting to oh, see yeah. where they've went. That being said, uh, would you like to start or do you want me to? What I'd like to do is go with the top three that you may have chosen. I'd like to go from from bottom to your top because I kind of have an order for oh, mine. Okay. Uh, my top one definitely is number one, but oh, like you were number saying. Three. Do number three. It's all okay. Number three um, is um, let's see. It goes all the way back to season three, episode ten. Corn's groovy pirate ghost mystery. <laughs> oh yeah! 
I forgot about this one. So, <laughs> uh, local radio station Cozy 102.1 is sponsoring a Halloween haunt featuring an appearance by real-life new metal band Corn, which they actually voiced themselves yes. in the thing. And it was super Scooby-Doo-like, uh, kind of. Uh, 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 kind of happy. Um, uh, Priest Maxi isn't happy about both um, and conducts a one-man protest campaign calling Halloween abomination of God and corn Satanists that play violent music. Stan, Kyle, and Kenny are excited about Halloween, but Cartman is already thinking about Christmas because he expects to be showered with presents. So they kind of go through the mystery and they figure it out and then they, you know, at the end um, they reveal that it is the priest that, you know, did all this stuff. But yeah, it's just it so... Scooby-Doo. Very Scooby-Doo. I can't hear you. Uh oh. Oh, now I can. Never mind. And, okay. Yep. Uh, so corn is done in a very Scooby Doo style, while the rest of everybody else is done in South Park's, you know, kind of construction, uh, put together paper, paper yeah. style. Yeah. Which they so, did that for a long time. Oh, man. Yeah, and, and the fact one of the things I have to bring up is the fact that they do these episodes in a week. Yep. They basically Monday they do like a light whatever Storyboard. here's the basis story and then they get it to uh, uh matt and them they do the voices and then they send it over to animation and they do it in a matter of a week which is incredible yeah. for animation because simpsons usually takes a year or yeah. so before we see new stuff whereas south park's like okay time for a new season whoa, 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 whoa. and that's how they're able to have episodes that are so on the pulse of what's happening in pop culture yeah. or politics or whatever. And the way they do that kind of stuff is incredible. But that's getting off the, on a tangent. Um, that's a great episode just because corn's in it. The art style changes a little bit. The story's ridiculous, but fits right in South Park style. Cartman's an asshole. Um, Kenny, Kyle, and Stan are all great kids who are just trying to be decent human beings. So that one made the list because I am a fan of corn. I am a fan of South Park. So combining the two is like, Fuck yeah, son. Let's do It's funny this. because I kind of have one like that on my list that'll come a little later. But with Cartman being an asshole, my number three is Scott <laughs> Tennerman Must Die. Part of season wow. five, 69th episode overall. Um, it aired July 11th of 2001. Um, pretty much the premise of this episode is, is Scott Tennerman, who is Cartman's bill- bully, sells Cartman chili with pubes in it so he wants to get back at scott tennerman for selling him pubes so he makes up this elaborate scream to do a chili con carnival where he's going to make chili and, and him and scott are going to eat each other's chili well scott brings <laughs> chili with pubes in it cartman brings his chili during this episode cartman tries to teach a pony how to bite scott's stick off like to the whole point where he's got a mannequin <laughs> With a hot dog out of his pants. Come on, pony. Bite a stick. Bite a stick. So he's trying to teach this pony how to bite the stick off. It does not work. Instead, the pony gives the man a blowjob instead of biting his stick off. Anyways, continuing on, they do the chili con carnival. Scott Tennerman tells Cartman that he put pubes in the chili, and Cartman says no. I actually switched his chili out, but then begins to tell him how he murdered Scott's parents, chopped them up, or got oh Scott's parents murdered, so chopped them up, put them in the chili, and fed <laughs> Scott's chili parents to him. Um, all in the while, bringing Radiohead, the actual band in, who is Scott Tennerman's favorite band, <laughs> to sit there and watch him eat his dead parents and cry and make fun of him during this. At this point, 
Cartman licks his salty tears right off his cheek. Um, Yeah, it's so good. Yes. (laughs) So... Scott Tenderman must die in the Chili Con Carnival, that entire thing. They end up bringing that Chili Con Carnival back later um, in a later episode. Not nearly as good as that first one, but they do bring that back. But Chili Con Carnival is one of like one of my original memories for South Park. Like that's one of the, you know, one of the originals that I would have been able to watch as it came out. That like it just shows how like messed up Cartman is where you don't cross him. No, because he gets back on people so hard. Even at the end of that episode, Kyle and Stan look at each other and tell each other, like, let's remember not to fuck with Cartman. That's just fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Ready? Big number two. Number two. Uh, Season 17, episode nine. Ooh. Hitties and dragons. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So. This one is the conclusion of the three part, which it would actually be all three, but you know, we had to choose one. So I'm choosing this one because it's kind of the conclusion of a three part storyline in which the children of South Park is split into two factions over um, either Microsoft, uh, Xbox, or Sony PlayStation. Um, And which is the better kind of thing, which is actually kind of works because that's when they released shortly thereafter, they released the Stick of Truth, the first. Okay. Not the first South Park game, but first current game. Of that style. Um, And that's basically it. This comes to the conclusion. Very Game of Thrones slash Lord of the Rings inspired. Big battles. Dragons are flying through the air. And yeah. So obviously this one makes the list because if you've ever listened to Uh, us, you know, it's kind of a big deal. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a good three part episode. I would include that entire three parter as one, you know, uh, that's actually funny though because I haven't thought about that one in a long time, and it's not that old, considering mm-hmm. season seventeen, well, it's six or seven years old. Yeah, it came out uh, twenty thirteen, uh, December fourth, okay. twenty thirteen. So yeah. my newest one came out in two thousand six. Okay, so mine's a little older here, but <laughs> even still, great choice. Uh, and we'll move along to my number two. Uh, an episode called Good Times with Weapons. Uh, in this episode, the boys find ninja weapons at a flea market and talk the flea oh, market yeah. vendor in telling <laughs> telling the vendor that their parents are dead. And uh, this vendor, feeling bad for them, sells them ninja star weapons or ninja weapons. Uh, Kenny ends up with Shuriken. Stan has two fa- tonfas. Uh, Cartman oh, with two size yes. and Kyle with two nunchucks. Um, and what's really cool about this episode away from the, the content of the episode is they switch back and forth between their normal construction paper animation to a full blown Japanese anime animation. I mean, to the point of where like a totally different illustrator had to draw these up um, where the boys eventually go into they go on an adventure, get into these anime fights against Dr. Chaos, who is Butter's alter ego. Um, and this ends really quickly when Kenny throws one of the ninja stars into Butters' face. <laughs> like, for the rest of the episode, the boys are trying uh, yeah. to get Butters to a doctor so they don't get in trouble for having these weapons that they're not supposed to have. And it's one of the best lines that have ever come out of South Park for me. And they shave the dog 
tape or glue all of the dog's fur onto Butters, dress him up as a dog, (laughs) take him to the vet where he escapes not once, but twice. And at one point, they're, they're, you know, Butters is kind of sobbing. He, like, he's, his eyes fucked. And fucked. Cartman looks at him and he's like, you're okay. You're okay. He's like, bark for me, Butters. And Butters just lets out a <laughs> woof. <laughs> the entire time with the ninja star sticking out of his face. Um, this was a 2004 release uh, in season eight. And if you haven't seen this one, this one's in my top one for a reason because it may be one of the best episodes they ever did. It's it's it combines that like kid logic where like, oh shit, we're gonna get in trouble and they know that we got weapons. Oh, uh, what do we do? With like going to a shady dealer who sells you things you probably shouldn't have gotten. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah it's good. I gosh, I forget. That's the great thing about South Park, is they've got so many of these kind of episodes so where you just you forget about it and then you go and even looking back through the different episode list, it's like, holy crap, Chin Pokemon sticks out right away. <laughs> I mean, it's like they do things that I you're like, about your Pokemon. <laughs> they do shit that's just that's South Park. Damn, I have this weird, weird feeling that you and I share a number one spot on this one. Um, it would not surprise me because it is by far one of the best. Uh, it's uh make love not warcraft it is my number yeah. one as well yeah <laughs> yeah i mean make love not warcraft they got nominated for an emmy for this this episode it, it's go ahead yeah uh original air date october 4th 2006 kind of at not the height of warcraft or at least maybe i don't know uh, how this would have been like a year and a half two years after the release, Warcraft came out in 2004. So pretty big. Yeah. I mean, they're that, two, two years in, they're about to release Burning Crusade or just release Burning Crusade. So, like, shit is happening. And it's just the plot of it with them, you know, taking on this guy who, you know, they're just playing the game. But then there's the one guy who literally spends all of his time playing it. And the animation, it is really cool because they show their in-character personas done yeah. in the World of Warcraft kind of style. and Which it's... they do an amazing job for the animation because they really do. It really does look like World of Warcraft. They're playing World of Warcraft. Um, yeah. And, and the guy that they're going up against, they, they, they do a line because it really is kind of how WoW is. I mean, even to this day, one of the big problems I have with World of Warcraft is it's a lifestyle choice. You either mm. are playing a lot of different games and not World of Warcraft, or you're playing World of Warcraft and nothing else. Um, and it, <laughs> it's been like that since 2004. I mean, that game truly is yeah. a lifestyle, and it's one of the reasons they get by with still charging $15 a month to play it, plus releasing expansions, you know, every two to three years. But in this episode, these, you know, they are trying, how do you kill something that has no life? You know, this guy is so overpowered in-game that the boys decide that they're quitting everything. They are playing World of Warcraft for 18 hours a day, and this is how many boars they have to kill to get to this level and be able to do this, and they they stay in hiding the entire episode, all the while whilst Stan's dad, Randy, is trying to get into the game and play World of Warcraft with his sons and ends up getting 
what may be one of the greatest things and one of the the best ways to ever make fun of a World of Warcraft player is to ask them if they've got the sword of a thousand truths. You know, like that is the that is a sword. And there is a sword in World of Warcraft that people make fun of the same way, um, which is Thunder Fury, Blessed Blade of the Windseeker. Um, but the Sword of a Thousand Truths is like, Randy ends up having to go on this adventure with this flash drive. And in real life, he's carrying around this flash drive like it's a sword, trying to find a World of Warcraft kiosk in a Best Buy. <laughs> <laughs> to deliver the sword to the boys so they can finally defeat this asshole that's just running around murking everyone. <laughs> I mean, even to this day, going back and watching, you know, this episode, it not only does it make me want to play World of Warcraft, but it's no surprise to me that not only did they get nominated for an Emmy, but they hit it s- such the nail on the head with that episode as far as exactly how that game takes over people's lives. Yeah, the scenes where they're actually, you know, in their, uh, um, I forgot what it's called, but when they're in there just playing the game and they're throwing out like, hey, I'm getting low on health here. Can I need need a heal? Yeah, I'm on it. Let me just go ahead and throw up this. And just the way they're communicating, I can only imagine that a room full of, you know, Warcraft players, that's exactly how it would be where they're all just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, would you go ahead and, or whether in a room or not, I guess, I guess we go over the internet, but. So there's actually two crazy things about this. Um. First of all, the guy that they that that's playing the evil guy, um, the guy that kind of sits back at his computer and he's like constantly pushing <laughs> chips off his chest. There was a guy that um that dressed up as him for a BlizzCon not long after that that one aired. It was one of the greatest BlizzCon cosplays of all time. And not to bring the mood down, because I'll bring it back up in a second, but that dude actually just passed away um like a couple weeks oh. ago. Which was kind of a bummer. It was real cool to see how the the Blizzard community came together and like really got stuff together for like his family and stuff. Um, but second is that whole part where they're like, "Oh, you know, I need you to to cast Screaming Shout or you know, blah blah blah." Is actually based off of that Leroy Jenkins video, um, and <laughs> it, it's like they do that because in the beginning of that video, they're like, "Okay, like." you know, we need to do this. DPS needs to cast this. And when this runs out and he's like, you know, can we get a percentage? And he's like, it looks like, you know, we've got a 33.3% repeating, of course, chance of survival like that. And then all of a sudden Leroy Jenkins, it's like Leroy Jenkins. And he runs in. He's like, God damn it, Leroy. That whole thing is based like that whole interaction in that episode is based off of that viral video. And, uh, they just did such a good job from the top to the bottom of that 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 episode and how well it just described exactly how World of Warcraft players were at that time. Most. Some. I don't want to put everyone. Yeah. I don't want to generalize. Yeah. It's Make Love I mean, Not Warcraft. A, yeah, make love not Warcraft. There's a reason why we chose it for the first one. It's just spectacular in all it of its It probably is their best episode of all time. But then we don't bring up things like Cripple Fight and all the Race War episodes. And like I said, Butter's Bottom Bitch. And every other thing that they've ever touched on that is just too hot to handle. South Park's just been like, nah, it's cool. We got this. We'll do this. Yeah, and it still continues to be a solid, like, even though I think Matt and, and Trey kind of want to step away from it. 
Yeah. Like they still put it out and they still commit to it a hundred percent, which is a testament to Matt and Trey because they could easily just, you know, push it out and be like the Simpsons where it just kind of, all right, it's safe. Yeah, it's uh, on a conveyor no, belt. Still nailing it. Doing cool stuff like member berries. Member? Member, member. berries, man. I'm member. It, it's going to be one of those member. things where we'll talk about South Park today, but the, I may have to bring up an episode about Trey Parker and Matt Stone and bring up some of their other stuff yeah. with, you know, what is it? Orgasmo wow. and with basketball and a couple of the other things that they've done. Yeah, I mean, you have Book of Mormon. Musical. Yeah. There's so those. Yeah, but that's a whole yeah, that's a whole trip we'll have to take another time because yeah, it's beefy. <laughs> but before we get out of here, we do want to talk a little bit about their video game stuff because they actually have had some very good video game adaptations. Uh, what's cool about them is they've all had Matt and Trey both voice characters and be a part of the writing and do the story. Um, and I'll I'll go ahead and talk about the N64 version of South Park first because it was a big part of my childhood. It is one of the only cheat codes that I still remember by heart to this day. Um, I played a lot of the multiplayer growing up, but their original game, South Park, self-titled South Park, came out on the N64 and the PlayStation 1, and they may have had a Dreamcast version of it. I do not remember. Uh, but it was pretty much, there's a comic coming at South Park, and... This comic is mutating a lot of things, and you end up fighting things like giant turkeys, uh, deformed citizens of the town, robots, crazy toys, uh, all the while being able to use these random guns. And it's a first-person shooter. It actually doesn't play that bad still now. The story is what it is. Um, But there's certain cool things that you can do with the weapons, little things that they added. There's a... There's a weapon that turns enemies into cows, which is cool. But the best weapon of all time, and maybe in the top 10 weapons of any video game ever made, is the piss snowball. Um, and in that game, you could throw <laughs> snowballs. That was your, your base weapon. You don't have weapons. It's always snowy in South Park. You throw snowballs. Uh, there's an option where you can take that snowball, and you hear an unzip sound. And then when you pull it back up, the snowball is now yellow. And that's what you're throwing is your piss snowball. Uh, for anybody interested, if you ever do play that game, Bobby Bird is the cheat code that will unlock everything. That is your God Mode cheat code for South Park on the N64. Bobby Bird. Still give that game like 7.5 out of 10. Like playthrough-wise and everything, nostalgia-wise, still hits all the buttons. Still funny. Gameplay is a little rough. Um, Control-wise, I'd probably play it on the PlayStation. But for me, I played on the N64, so I keep playing on the N64. Still a good game. I would still suggest people play it to this day. Yeah, that's a good one. Did that one have, maybe I'm thinking of a different South Park. Did that one have an element of like Mario Kart to it? No, they made South Park Rally. Okay. Which was a a release a little further down the line. They also made South Park Chef's Love Shack. And that one also came out on that generation of games. But yeah, you're thinking of South Park Rally, which was like a Mario Kart style. That was where Cartman's dressed up as the police officer hall monitor, and he's got like his aviators on yeah, on his big yeah, wheel. Yeah. yeah. Good game, too. Uh, but you've been playing some South uh, Park games, too, as well, huh? Yeah. I uh, Over the holidays, I, I got uh, South Park, uh, the Fractured But Whole, uh, 
originally came out in 2017. I got it now because sometimes just is how things work. It's the sequel to the 24, 2014 video game, South Park, The Stick of Truth. Uh, this one's kind of your sequel to that one, like almost directly to the point yeah. where, where Stick of Truth ends. This one picks up. You're playing this new kid to town who doesn't talk and you get to customize them. But then like they go from being Lord of the Rings guys to no, now we're into superheroes. So they like, <laughs> and it just, it works so well. Cause it's like, that's how kids are. They'll either drop of a hat next thing, you know, they're, they're playing something different. So this one picks up it's uh role play game. You know, you choose what you want to be brawler, uh, uh, telepathic, you know, there's different things you can choose from in your mm-hmm. character creation. It's turn-based, right? Like yeah, the, the combat's a turn-based, yeah kind of thing but it there's a little bit of strategy to it because each character plays different and as you play along you unlock more of the because uh, uh cartman's kind of the leader he's known as the coon and <laughs> it's the coon and his super friends and so you're one of the super friends so as you play along you get like kite man uh uh going against uh, people like dr chaos there's fast pass which is timmy or not timmy <laughs> but um, uh, uh, jimmy yeah yes that's it jimmy um so they do stuff like that. And there's Butters who plays Dr. Uh, 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 Dr. Oh, Chaos. Man. Yes, yes. Thank you. Um, but yeah, they introduce all the superheroes that have been seen in the show as well. Um, you're just playing through. You're trying to basically the whole thing is you're trying to find a cat. So that way you can have money to start your own superhero franchise. You know, vis-a-vis like uh, Batman versus Superman Justice League or the Avengers. So that's yeah. kind of the premise of this is kind of poking at the superhero genre movies themselves and just kind of doing that. And, you know, you fight uh, sixth graders and you go around and take selfies with people. And that's how you become an influencer. There's a lot of elements. <laughs> in this it's really fun. It is surprisingly a good game, especially because I'm not a big fan of turn-based games. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like that final fantasy dragon quest, you know, yeah. group play style. But I will say like it, pl- it plays great. The story mm. in them is fantastic. And there is a little bit of strategy in the way that you build your group and who you attack and how you do. But away from that, the the animation, the art style and everything of that game, plus the storyline and how the characters are voiced makes that game even better than what it has a right yeah. to be, um, yeah. especially as a turn-based RPG. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like... And that's that's one thing that they've always done with like any of the games that you pick up is that they're done to the point where they take it seriously and you got to like that. They throw in, if you're, uh, you know, seen uh, the episodes or whatever, little Easter eggs that are like, Oh, that's a callback to this episode from years yeah. ago, or just characters that have popped up. Like butters is a great one. Tweak is great. The relationship between Craig and tweak is hilarious. Cause that's kind of a through a little bit of an underline for Craig during the game. So I don't, there's, it's great. It's good fun. <laughs> anytime you can run around south park and go into the businesses and interact with all the different parents and towns people folk. you know jimbo and 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 ned <laughs> yeah no kidding i will say i've i've never played a bad south park game yeah like they've always been very good in my opinion yeah. and i think they still hold up i mean Stick of Truth and Fracture Behold are not old enough to not say that they hold up, but they were great games when they came out. They're still great games now. I might yeah. have to go play through those soon. They're pretty simple, straightforward games. There's not 
like I could see it being still playable 10, 15 years down the line where because of how simple and stripped down it is, it doesn't get so overtly complicated. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. And it's one of those things where yeah. it's the same as a lot of like sitcoms and stuff I watch, like rewatching Sabrina right now. I know there's things in that show that I come across that like I don't fucking remember that. And South Park, yeah. you know, both of those games are going to be one of those games where even 10, 15 years down the line, you could replay it and be like, I don't remember this part of this, you know, like, or the callbacks that they're throwing back to old episodes. You're just like, oh, shit, I do remember that episode, you know, and yeah. you could probably play it back yeah. to back to back. And each time you play it, find something new that you missed in the playthrough before. It's interesting. Absolutely. Those, they're great games. South Park is, boy, it was a big, so, the fact that part. Yeah, turned it into so many different aspects. You know, there's the movie, which I mean, we could touch on a little bit if you want, or um, save for another time. Yeah, we could. We're running a little long here tonight, so we might as well save that one because we get into a little different aspect when it comes to the movie because they went a little musical, and there's going to be a lot of laughter when we talk. Um, but God, what that movie was just as controversial coming out as fucking Borat was when it came out. Truly. That might have to be an episode in yeah, itself. But... Bring it back to the movie. We'll, we'll do that. We'll... And I haven't watched we'll it in a while. I'd that. like to rewatch that before we talk to it. Rewatch it and chat it. Um, that being cool. said, South Love Park, it. big yeah. parts of both of our childhood. If you've never seen it, you should watch it. If you're Christian, you shouldn't. But pretty much all of their stuff <laughs> still holds up today. Um, especially if you're going to watch any episode at all, any of the... F- I guess five. We named five different episodes tonight. The five yeah. different episodes that we have named, any five of those are great episodes to start with. Makes no difference if you've seen any other episode in that series. But um, with all that, you got anything else you want to knock out? Any quick tidbits or anything before we get the hell out of here? Oh, man, I think we covered it. Um, cool. Where they find you? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Where they're going to find me first. I did that once before, and I fucked all that up. Ladies first. As always, you can find me on Instagram at Retronomapod. I stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash tobytobe. I also stream on the Facebook page. You guys can find the Facebook page and the Facebook fan group page. Uh, Just search Retronomapod on there. I also stream on that. And we are live streaming the podcast recording on Facebook uh, every Sunday night, unless something changes. So if you want to check us out live, hear little tidbits of the episode before you hear on our Wednesday release. Uh, like I said, we do record or do stream that on our Facebook page at Retronomopod. Um, yeah, other than that, you can always find me on the socials. DM me if you have any suggestions. Um, you can also email us. I know I don't I don't pimp out the email very often, but retronomicon podcast at gmail. Uh if you guys have any suggestions, comments, anything like that, um like I said, you can always DM me and I'm sure Rick on any of his socials. But yeah. Yeah. Serial Kilter on most of the socials. Um you know, subscribe, follow, uh, rate us, review us if you're able to. Um if it's you know five star rating, we'll definitely read you guys out, give you a little shout out on the episodes. Um, Facebook definitely the best place to kind of catch everything that is going on with us for the podcast. 
Um, but yeah, to take us out the way we usually do with the weird question of the week, this one's calling back to an earlier discussion we had. Which Lord of the Rings character would you base your metal band off of? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, it's good. I like it. Well, thank you guys for joining this week's episode of the Retro Nama Pod. We will catch you all next week. Good night. Thank you.